Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. This is Chris, and my guest today is Ramon Requero with Y Combinator. Welcome. How are you? Hi, Chris. Thank you for having me. Doing great. How about you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. So, Ramon, tell us about your background. Share a little bit more with us about how you came to get involved with Y Combinator. Sure. To give a brief background, yeah, my background is in computer science that I studied in Spain. Then I moved to the U.S. I mean, Chicago, I studied a master's in technology management. And after that, I created a a startup about web games. It was it was it was focused on trivia games, kinda kinda like you can see now with with HQ, where you could create a game about your favorite TV show, like Game of Thrones, and ask questions like which character appears in this scene or which character dies here. Then it went okay, and then after that I I moved on to work for Finger, the farm build company that created games for Facebook. And then after that, I worked in SEO for a marketing company in Seattle that was called Moz MLC. And then after that, I was consulting and traveling for a while. And then because of my background in, in technology and in startups, then the opportunity to work for Y Combinator appeared. And then I, I joined nine months ago. Well, very good. Well, tell us more about Y Combinator, what it does and how does it work? Sure. Yeah, Y Combinator is an incubator, although not like all the traditional incubators. What we do basically is we invest 
twice a year, a small amount of money, that is around 120K, in a large number of startups. In the last batch, we have 150 companies. And we do two batches a year, one in winter, that is from January to March, and the other one is, in the, is around the summer, and it lasts from June to August. And to give you some, some idea of the companies that have been through the program, Dropbox, Reddit, Airbnb, and Instacart has been some of the companies that we funded. Oh, excellent. Oh, very good. So what are, uh, what are some of the unique things that Y Combinator does that maybe um, others in the field aren't quite doing yet? Yeah. One of our distinctions is that we don't offer any office space or any room and board because we believe that the founders need to figure out things by themselves. You know, we don't want to create or take care of these delicate, delicate plants and then after the program ends, they don't know how to figure out things by themselves. So we put a lot of resources at the fingertips of the entrepreneurs, but it's up to them to, to, to use them. The only event that we have during these three months is, is dinners on, Tuesday, on Tuesdays where the entrepreneurs can meet each other, network a little bit, and then we have a speaker from the Valley that can be someone like Zuckerberg or like the founder of Airbnb, Brian Chesky, to tell the real story of the record to entrepreneurs. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. What kind, of, what kind of things are, are coming for Y Combinator in the next 12 months? Yeah, I mean, our, our program looks the same uh, year over year. We, we, we continue to do these two batches. The difference is obviously in the, the kind of companies that go through the batch. For example, years ago, we have a lot of e-commerce. Right now, we're having a lot of blockchain companies, a lot of biotech, a lot of hardware, a lot of life extension, and uh, many drone companies as well. And another thing that I wanted to, to say is like one other difference of Y Combinator is that our application process is totally open. You don't need to know any, any famous investor. You don't need to know any entrepreneur. And you don't even need to be located in the valley. You can be anywhere on the, in the world. Just go to our website. Just click apply. And then you have a chance of getting into the program. What kind of what gives people edges to getting accepted into the program and, and uh, being picked up by Y Combinator? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. In the end, it all boils down to, to a couple of things. The first one is, is the team. We look for people that are really passionate about what they are building because doing a startup is a really lonely and long process. We usually say that it takes like seven to ten years. So if you don't, if you don't love it, you're surely going to hate it really soon. And another thing we look at is like teams that have worked together because you're going to spend more time with your co-founder that you are going to spend with your significant other, with your family, or even with your dog. So you really need to be able to figure out how to deal with problems. And another yeah, thing that we'll... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, seeing with, with that time invested and, and seeing how you navigate the you know, problems and, and coming up with solutions, I, that's a, an excellent viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And the number one reason uh, new startups and ventures fail is because these partners break up, you know, co-founders dispute. Yeah, definitely. So what are some other thoughts you have in that, that area? Yeah, the other, the other factor that we look at is a market. You know, the market needs to be big enough that the company can eventually become a billion-dollar business. So that, means, that doesn't mean that the company needs to be a billion-dollar business right now because, for example, Airbnb, when it started, it's like, oh, I'm going to make this this airbed to for people that go to conference to stay in my in, in them that didn't make much sense and most people dismiss the idea quickly but it was an idea that if it worked 
even if the chances of working were really small, if it worked, it could turn into something really big. So these ideas, usually at the beginning, they don't look as obvious, but they have huge potential. And these are uh, some examples of companies that, that fit this criteria. Yeah, what are some, can you kind of expound on those ideas with uh, the companies with potential? Yeah, uh, because th- there are different kind of companies and both uh, and all of them are perfectly viable. For example, you can have a, a lifetime business where you charge and you make uh, X amount of money every year, every month in recurrent revenue, but the market may be, I don't know, 100 million or 10 million or 50 million, uh, the, the cap, the total cap. So even if you see the total market, it's not going to be big enough. And these are examples of local, local businesses or consulting services traditionally don't, don't, reach, don't reach past that mark. But for example, something like Dropbox or something like Revit or something like Airbnb or something like Facebook when it started. It's just the potential that if it works, it's going to reach a lot of people, change the world, and then seize a huge market cap if it works. Even if the chances of are working is is on like one or two percent because the venture capital in general how it works is a hit driven market. So you don't care so much about being wrong like ninety percent of the time. You only care that some of your bets come really, really big. Okay. So before we started recording, you mentioned uh blockchain. What are you seeing in development of blockchain right now that Y Combinator is looking to support? Yeah, in blockchain specifically, Y Combinator, we have we have supported several companies. One of them is Coinbase, that is the, the exchange with, where most people in the U.S. go to to buy Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin. And it went through Y Combinator three years ago. Then we have supported several other companies like Request Network or recently that just finished our bank, Quantstab, that they do security audits for smart contracts because obviously security is a big problem right now on Ethereum because... Uh, funds can get lost or hacked or or stuck in smart contracts, so they do security audits to make sure that that these contracts are safe enough for, to use. What other uh, you mentioned security? What other thoughts do you have on the current state of security? Uh, maybe related to blockchain or just in general? Yeah, uh, yeah, let's step back a little bit. I think blockchain is really interesting because in the end, it's gonna it, it's gonna increase security uh, on the internet. Uh, by an order of magnitude. And in the end, it all boils down to identity. For example, right now, you there are many websites that you go to, right? And you need to have username and passwords for each one of them. And then you may use some password manager, like one password on your browser to keep track of all of them. But you still need, you still need to keep track of all this. Using the blockchain and using something like MetaMask right now and going to decentralized exchanges or even playing the, the famous CryptoKitties that is a, a cat game powered by the blockchain, you can just interact with this website without any password. It's all tied to your to your private key on the blockchain, and then using something like MetaMask, you can interact with the blockchain. So identity is going to be solved by the blockchain, and it's one of the verticals that I'm really excited about. And some companies like Blockstack, that is a... It's another YC company as well. Is is working on this problem. Okay. You mentioned uh, verticals. What other verticals are you seeing right now that are interesting? Yeah. I mean, blockchain started like nine years ago with Bitcoin, and then for the first few years, and even until now, the the only the only real use case adopted by consumers was as a store of value. 
So instead of if you have some money, some wealth, and you wanted to to save it, you have the option of investing in gold or investing it on a Swiss account. But now you could also invest it in Bitcoin. And it's a censorship-resistant asset that you can also transfer across several countries or borders without without the possibility of being seized. So that one has been realized, although the volatility of Bitcoin it still makes it a bit a bit troublesome for most traditional investors to, to use it because the volatility is still a bit too high. But besides that use case, then Ethereum came, came by a few years later, and then Ethereum gave everyone uh, a trustless world computer. That means that everyone could perform operations without uh, perform operation on a public blockchain and make sure that you, you can transact with other people in the world without needing to trust a central party. For example, right now, when you want to withdraw money, you need to go to your Chase account or your Bank of America account, and you, you are trusting the bank. The cool thing with, with Ethereum is that you can transact and perform these smart contracts, these operations, without trusting anyone. You, just, you are just trusting the, the implicit blockchain technology. And then Ethereum created this platform with all these other companies could could build on top of it. For example, there are things like Falcon, that is a, a, a competitor of uh, Amazon S3 or Dropbox, where you could store all, all your files using blockchain technology, but no no company uses uh, owns your files. That means that uh, you are storing your files on the blockchain, uh, using the blockchain on several computers, but no company can seize your, your files or deny access or censor them. And the same thing is going to happen as well with social media. We are seeing, for example, this platform, Estimate, that is like a blogging platform, and nobody owns it. So it's not like Facebook, that they can change the algorithm, and they, they own it, and then they change it. Or like it happened recently that they can leak the data because they have the data of the users. All these things are going to be solved by blockchain technology. But one important thing to note is like we are still in the infrastructure building stages. All these big technologies have a technology adoption curve that it takes many, many years. And in the initial phases, there's a lot of speculation, so that's why there is a lot of scams as well. But this speculation brings a lot of developers to the space, and then eventually they will build the solid infrastructure that will support real use cases that are coming in the next couple of years. What do you, what do you think are some of the, the main roadblocks to the current technology um, adoption process? Yeah, one of them for sure is user experience and user interfaces. Right now, it's still too difficult for an everyday user to, to use wallets like Bitcoin wallets, Ethereum wallets, and interact with decentralized applications. As I mentioned before, you need to install MetaMask, that is a browser extension, to interact with, with things like CryptoKitties, and this is still not not really user-friendly. So it's still going to take like a couple of years on that front. And then on the on another point, the scalability of this blockchain is still really, really low. Ethereum, for example, can, can only handle several transactions per second at this point, but still the scalability is being worked on. And in one or two years, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get better and get better. Scalability is a moving target. And as applications like, like CryptoKitties push it to the to the maximum, then they are the developers are working on new features and these are gonna get implemented soon.
Yeah, I, I think it's great to, to have challenges like that to, uh, you know, expose, you know, not necessarily weaknesses, but show what improvements need to be to be made to, to get this to a wider um, spread use. Now, I'm curious, I want to go back to um, what you mentioned going from Bitcoin to Ethereum. So Ethereum brings in to play the smart contract. What do you think is kind of the next big thing in in the crypto or or blockchain world um, that's that's you know kind of on a, a relevant playing field as a smart contract or a game changer I, I should say. Yeah, I think there's going to be a huge game changer in the next couple of years as big as uh, smart contracts were. And, and to be clear, a smart contract, for example, Bitcoin was also able to support the smart contract, but they were really really limited. And it was really difficult to to create them. That's why Vitalik created Ethereum and how it started. In the next couple of years, one thing that I think could change completely the financial industry is the securitization of assets. You know, all the all the chain of ownership titles like deeds or stocks, I think are eventually gonna gonna be tokenized and put on the blockchain. So all the securities are eventually gonna be on the blockchain. And there are some projects like Polymath or Harbor by the founder of PayPal that are working on this issue. And that's a trillion market. When do you see that happening sooner rather than later? Or what do you think are, where do you think we are in, in those stages? Yeah, there is there's a lot of uncertainty about regulation too, because the SEC is still trying to figure out how this, how blockchain technology and securities fit with the existing regulation if they need to amend it. But I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see the first regulatory compliant tokens, like there is one initiative called the R token that is going in that direction. And I think in one or two years, there should be enough clarity. So then this initial securitization project start to, to become public. Okay. So I want to go back to um, Y Combinator. We, we talked about some, some things that you're, you're kind of involved in, in the future. How is blockchain being integrated into uh, Y Combinator now? And are there any tokens in sight for you? Or can you kind of uh, give us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so far internally, we have not, we have not come up with any specific uh, project to use them for us. I mean, as I said before, we, we support many blockchain companies and we are, we are looking really carefully at the space. And as soon as also there is more clarity uh, Regulation-wise, we may use it in the future to fa- even fund companies. But right now, uh, to fund our companies, we we use the current regulation and we use the traditional traditional methods of investing in a company through through sales. And then we incorpor- the companies get incorporated in Delaware. We invest we invest 120k in each company. We get 7 percent of the in the ownership of the company. And then, uh, but that said, years from now, maybe maybe regulation change and then blockchain technology allows us to to be much more efficient in investing in companies in, and tracking the ownership in all these companies. And maybe we will change this to some blockchain approach. Okay. Yeah, so great. Well, where can we find out more about uh, Y Combinator and maybe get in contact with you? Yeah, Y Combinator, uh, the website is ycombinator.com. And if you want to apply because you have a startup or you have a business that you're starting, you can always apply. It's ycombinator.com slash apply. And then you can find me at Ramon at ycombinator.com and also writing uh, a blog post series about 
cryptocurrencies and blockchain technologies that you can find in the blog of Y Combinator, that is at blog.ycombinator.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Ramon Ricuero, my first name and last name together. Very good. Well, Ramon, it's been great in chat with you uh, today. Before we leave, I was wondering if you have any final thoughts or um, outlooks kind of on the future of not only the blockchain space, but how Y Combinator is going to make a difference in the world. Yeah. yeah. One thought that we believe in the end is like innovation makes the world better. So we believe that the more companies and the more bright people that we have working on new companies, the better the world will be. So what we try to do is find the best founders, the best people in the world, wherever they are, and help them create these new companies to help make the world a better place. Very good. Ramon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Ramon Riquero with Y Combinator. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Future Tech Podcast. We will catch you here next time. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.